The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us for the Source of Truth podcast and joining us as we spend time in study of the Word of God. Uh, we want to thank you and remind you that right now we're studying through the book of Ruth. Uh, if you'd like to uh, maybe go look at some of our archives, we have studied through the book of Psalms. We've studied through the book of Proverbs. We just finished a study uh, through this, the life of Joseph. All of these archives obviously can be found on YouTube and can be found on Facebook, but if you'd like them in a, uh, a place where it's easier to catch all of it, go to our church website at bensalembaptist.org, and just right halfway down that first main page, you'll see a link to the Source of Truth podcast, and all of our archived audio and video uh, are on that, on that site. So it'll be an easy place to go to and maybe send a friend to. So if this is an encouragement, we encourage you to go back to that and uh, jump back on the other studies we've gone through. We started this really almost a year ago as the quarantine was at its height and we realized it was gonna be a whole lot more than just two weeks and we decided this would be a great way to continue to connect. Again, thanks for joining us and if you want to uh, follow along in the Word of God, we're actually gonna be in Ruth chapter two. And Ruth chapter two, a, a quick context to remind us, Ruth has, has just gone out. She spent the day prior gleaning from the fields, picking up extra that was kind of dropped by the harvesters. Uh, she meets Boaz, which I obviously realizes is a relative of Elimelech, her father-in-law. And he showed great grace to uh, Ruth and gave her a lot of plenty and extra. Uh, the details, if you want to, them are in yesterday's episode. Uh, but what we're going to do is pick up. She's taking this, what she's gleaning, going home. And we see that picked up in Ruth chapter 2, verse number 18. The Bible says this, And she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Blessed, he, um, blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And he showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said that he, the, the man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee on not in any other field. So she kept fast by his maidens of Boaz and to glean to the end of the barley harvest and to the wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. So she comes home and she tells uh, her mother-in-law, Naomi, all the things that took place the day before and the kindness of all the things that Boaz had done to her. And uh, Naomi gets immediately excited. Please remember, Naomi found herself in a very dark place. When they got back to Israel, she told all of her friends, Call me Mara, for God has dealt bitterly with me. Maybe she lost her husband, she lost her uh, two sons, and she comes back, probably feeling guilty that her daughter-in-law had come back with her. And so there's all of this heavy hanging over her. And now, you know, in her position, please remember we stated that um, in, in the laws of the day, a woman could not do it, work on her own or, or, or 
make finance her own on her own and she had to live through her husband and so she she was kind of stuck off the kindness of others and so what they did is they would go out and glean off the fields and take from these wealthy owners that were really commanded to set aside so that poor and widow could get and so Naomi goes in her place many widows were there and pro I'm sorry Ruth went Naomi probably assumed that's what she would do and, Naomi, and Ruth says let me go in your place so she's just in a rough place a dark spot and Ruth comes home and explains a scenario, and immediately Naomi catches on to God's grace and God's sovereignty. Immediately Naomi catches on and says, God has dealt, instead of God dealing bitter with me, look at his kindness that he's shown to the dead, my husband and my sons, and to the living, me and my daughter-in-law. She immediately catches on to the sovereignty of God. Now please understand that they didn't fully understand all of the, the kingdom work and the theology that was coming from this. They didn't fully understand all that was going to result. The fact that Ruth would be in the lineage of Jesus. They, they, at that point, that was not the thought. And that's just a great principle for us to recognize that when God does things in our life, the big picture, often we don't get to see all of it. But that's not what's necessary. The necessity for us is to put our trust in God and trust that there is a bigger picture. He's got a plan even for you and you're part of it and he can use this for his glory and your good. So that's a great reminder of the trust and medallia, the grace of God. So let me give you a quick reminder, a breakdown in the theology and the history of why this was a big deal. If you were to take time to study Deuteronomy 25, you'd understand that there was a law, and a law that stated that when a woman would marry and the husband would pass away, uh, that woman obviously again limited in what she could do. The law was stated that he brought, if that if the widower had a, a brother-in-law, that the husband who passed away had a brother, he could, if he desired, to marry her and then would be become his kin, her kinsman redeemer. Because they were related kinsmen, he would redeem her from her situation as a widow, allowing her to live on. As a matter of fact, uh, they would state that if she had a boy, if she had a baby, that first child would actually follow the name of the husband, the first husband, so that that name would continue on. So, but Ruth found herself in a very different scenario because uh, she did not have an, a brother-in-law to lean to. As a matter of fact, if you remember, when Ruth and Orpah were begging Naomi to let her go with them, let them go with her, she says, even if I married now, had a child, are you going to wait until this baby's old enough to marry? And so uh, the circumstance was impossible. So, Naomi, again, a reminder, Naomi, I'm sorry, Ruth leaving and following Naomi back to Israel meant she pretty much gave up any hope of finding a husband, at least as far as the way they were speaking. So they come in and Naomi immediately recognizes something. There was a second step to the law. If there was no brother, a relative in, this, in the line that did not have a wife, or a relative in a certain scenario, in this case Boaz, who did not have a wife, could fill, fulfill that step that the brother did not, could not fill because he wasn't there, and could take this, as her, take this lady as his bride as a kinsman and could redeem her from her situation and then she would live with him and, and fulfill her life as a mother and all the things that the women truly cherished. That was a very big deal in those days. And so they, Naomi immediately caught on to this, immediately caught on to the fact that there was another section to this law, another section, and Boaz fit it. Boaz was single, Boaz obviously was good that he was wealthy, all these different things. Now, many love to run to the story and they talk about it as a love story. And I'm not denying that. Obviously, immediately, you can see as you look at yesterday, the way Ruth took care of Naomi, of, um, wow, I can't get this wrong, the way Boaz kept taking care of Ruth, definitely showed there was a little more probably than respect for Ruth taking care of Naomi. 
So you begin to wonder, maybe, you know, Ruth or Dweo's Boaz caught on to it. Could happen? We, you can dig a lot into it. I don't know. But what we do see is God working through this. And God beginning to show sovereignty and his grace, again, to a Moabite woman, to somebody who has just followed what she believed to be right. And we begin to see God's grace working. And then we see it in, in the lineage of Jesus. You know, Boaz is Rahab the harlot's son. And then you've got Ruth, all of this, and the lineage of Jesus. It just amazingly reminds us of the grace of God. But you know what also we can see in that? Is how, so what we say, how does this affect me? How, how does we talk about the fact that the Old Testament is part of the full narrative of the Word of God, as, as this is a picture of Jesus? How does this picture affect me? Well, let's go back and look at the original condition of mankind. The Bible tells us in Romans that by, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. When Adam decided to sin in the garden, sin nature came to all men. Now I know what the argument easily and goes through their mind is, I'm not really that bad of a person, I'm not as bad as this evil criminal we hear about on television. Can I tell you that we don't have to be a horrible sinner to be a sinner. Let's put it differently. To get to heaven by our own works, I have to be perfect. The Bible says, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, of perfection. In heaven, doesn't, you cannot have sin in heaven. I must be perfect to enter heaven on my own merit. And none of us are. So then we also see in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The word wages means punishment, what I owe, what, what I deserve from this. My sin needs to be punished. God does not look lightly upon sin. He said it must be dealt with. So what did he do? He placed his son upon the cross to deal with it. Because the second half of that verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of my condition as a sinner, I deserve to go to hell. And that condition is, and there's nothing I can do to alleviate myself of that condition. Please understand, no amount of good works can get me to the point where I'm good enough to get to heaven. Now, that can be discouraging, especially if you've been taught that I get to heaven if my good outweighs my bad. Please understand, it, it's a lot more simplistic than that. I'm not saying, well, I'm, while I am saying you're, you'll never be good enough to earn your way to heaven, please understand you don't have to be good enough to earn your way to heaven. He says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When Jesus died upon the cross, he paid that punishment that you cannot. He, then he offers you a gift you cannot earn. That's why it's called a gift. And I understand a lot of religion out there has a different point of view. We're, we're teaching the Bible here. And we're looking at what God gave in his word. And he, he's offering you something. He's offering what the word is redemption. Bringing you from your sin nature, from your sinful state, to not perfection, but to a forgiven state. There's a song that we sing in our church. I love the song. And the song's entitled, Jesus, Thank You. There's a phrase in it that really encompasses what we're talking about here. And what that phrase is, he says, we were once your enemy, now we're seated at your table. See, so here's what happens. I, because of my sin, I deserve to go to hell. And in that case, I'm actually in the family of Satan. When Jesus offers me salvation, I accept it. He literally adopts me out of the family of Satan into the family of God. I am my, my positionally changed. And I, I get the name of Jesus. I, I'm a Christian. And all the rights and privileges that come with being in the child, a child of God, a child of the Savior, a child of the Creator, all of that. And it starts with forgiveness, something I cannot earn. It start, it, it's, it's, I am right in the eyes of God, and now I'm offered a home in heaven, not because of what I can earn, because I can't, because of what Jesus has given me. It's called redemption. Why kinsman? Because now I become part of his family. That's the picture of Jesus becomes my kinsman redeemer. 
seen back in the book of Ruth, recognized in our life today. Let me ask you a question here. Has there been a time in your life when you recognized that you are a sinner and that you recognize that there is outside of the grace of God, there's nothing you can do to earn enough good to get out of that? And today you realize the answer is not more good, more religion. The answer is Jesus. And it is honestly that simple. Jesus states, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. It is honestly that simple. If you would recognize Jesus as God, realize your sin, repent of it, and call upon Jesus and put your trust in him, he says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're redeemed through the blood of Jesus by your kinsman redeemer. If you've not done that, it is honestly that simple. If you'd love to talk to somebody, you can call our church at Ben Salem Baptist, and we'd love the opportunity uh, to be able to talk. You can find our information on our website. We'd love to talk to you about it. Let me ask you this, too. Maybe you say, Pastor, I've been saved. I've been saved for a while. I hope we understand something. The grace of God does not end at salvation. The grace of God continues. Remember the account where Paul has, we don't know what it was, but he called it a thorn in the flesh. And he came to Jesus more than once and he said, he says, will you remove this thorn from my a thorn of flesh from me? And God looked down and he says, listen, my grace is sufficient for thee. He said this, he says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Simply put this, my gra his grace is more than just salvation. His grace is with me today when I'm battling, tomorrow when I'm discouraged, you know, later in the week when I'm frustrated, all of these things going through my life. His grace is sufficient for me. And it helps me through every day of my life. Grace doesn't just end at the cross. It doesn't just end on the day I got saved. It helps me through every part of my life. It helps me to be the father I need to be, the husband I need to be, the Christian I want to be. All of that is found in grace. And it's another reminder of the grace of God. May we hold on to it and, and be encouraged and reminded of the grace of God that never goes away. I hope if you've not called upon Jesus that you'd consider doing that today. I hope if you find yourself discouraged with all of the things going on that for today you would hold on to the grace that God gives us to be able to handle the events of the day. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, and uh, we hope it was an encouragement. If it was, we encourage you to think about, consider sharing it, telling others about it. Uh, if you listen to this on audio, would you consider going to Spotify or iTunes and giving us a review? And uh, that would be a great encouragement to us, and we appreciate you just giving us a chance to be part of your day. We hope you come back and join us again next time, and we look forward to that. Uh, God bless. We hope you have a great rest of your day.